time for Styles and Watkins. You can join the show by texting 916-339-1140. Find us on YouTube at Sacktown Sports 1140. It's time for Alan Styles and Chris Watkins. Yes, yes, yes. For the first time in 2024, Styles and Watkins taking you up to 2 p.m. Nate Littlefield behind the glass. Thank you, Nate, for everything that you've done already and are about to do for us over the next four hours. We have Chris Biederman at 11 o'clock, Candlestick Chronicles. Also for the Sacramento Bee, talking Kings and Niners. We are talking Niners as they clinch the number one seed without really having to do too much. I was personally looking forward to a showdown next week with the Rams, but you got to take it how you can get it. And because the Eagles managed to trick off a game to the (laughs) Cardinals, the Niners and the playoffs are going to run through San Francisco slash Santa Clara. Kings, we talk a lot about Coach Mike Brown on this show. The Kings make a lineup change. What did you think about that? And we'll get you ready for Kings Hornets. We'll let you know who's playing. Not a lot of guys, as we talked about on the crosstalk with Dave and Jason. Think the Kings need to get it done. They need to get it done. Chris Watkins, Yo. how are you doing? Happy New Year. All of that jazz. Yes, happy new year. Glad to be here. Glad that we, uh, you know, we, we made it through 2024. And uh, so far, minimal L's in 20, uh, 2024. I'm sorry. I said we made it through 2024. Let me not get mm-hmm. ahead of ourselves. Made it through 2023 <laughs> and uh, 2024. Still no L's. So uh, we're going to try and hold on to that as, as long as possible. Yeah. And look, what the Kings did to the Grizzlies, I don't know. If anybody saw that coming, and this is what gets so confusing when we have the trade machine out because then they show up like this and you think, maybe I can put that thing away. And that's why I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do this week. These are, I know you're high on the magic. They're playing well. You're coming off a back-to-back, but the magic will also be coming off a back-to-back too, right? I believe they're playing tonight. Because I think they play tonight. I think they're playing Golden State tonight. You got to get one of these. You got to get one of these, and it starts with taking care of business against the Hornets and going on from there. We'll talk about, obviously, OG Ananobi finally got moved. (laughs) He is no longer in Toronto. Masai finally gave up one of his assets off to the Knicks, and who won that trade? OG already an immediate impact. I I purposely watched that game Mm. with OG and the Knicks, and it's it's everything that we've kind of talked about. I mean, the defense, he shows up, and he – it was it was the T Wolves. So hey, shows up. Somebody made a joke. OG hasn't even unpacked yet, and he says, "Go guard Anthony Edwards." So you have that Tim's. going on. Exactly. He's playing minutes. He's doing his thing. He's that been that kind of dunker threat, and really adding to that offense already and defense, of course. So now that you know what the price tag is, that was for OG and Anobi, and we know the the contract situation with Pascal Siaka might change some things because he's a pure rental now. So maybe Masai Jiri might be willing to lessen the price because, hey, man, I don't know if he's going to resign. What what are we going to do here? Maybe he doesn't do anything. There's a word on the street that the Knicks aren't done either. So we'll get into all of that. And you know what? I actually want to take some time later on in the show to talk about the bowl games because mm. Chris and I joke about the bowl games and I guess college sports a lot on this show. March Madness around yeah. the corner now. It's almost right, time. It kind of is. I mean, seriously, yeah. we're going to blink. And, you know, a lot of people had some things to say about the opt-outs and 
the transfer portal and how it's ruining college and nobody wants to play anymore. Well, they're already getting paid. And I had some back and forth on social media. So we'll, we'll get into that, man. And honestly, it was really weird. I don't know if it's because of the transfer portal, but typically, and okay, I got the kiddo now, so I'm not sitting in front of the TV as long, but in years past, I would fire up the Meineke bowl don't care about either yeah. team. I'd watch this year for some reason. I did not care at yeah. all. No, I mean I feel you on that. Like I didn't like you. Like I, I probably even watch less than what you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. I'll peek in for quarter or two if if there's two teams that I like or if I right. know that hey you know USC is playing in a meaningless bowl, but this is going to be Caleb Williams' yeah. last game before right. entering the pros. He's probably going to try and go crazy or mm-hmm. here's the last view of him or I haven't gotten to see. You know, Jaden Daniels throw too much. Now would be a great opportunity mm-hmm. to see it. Like that, that little seed doesn't even exist yeah. in my brain anymore. And so, yeah, I see, you know, Iowa versus Tennessee, and, they and I'm playing. like, there's They're no way I'm gonna watch this game. There's, right. there's just no chance. And so, yeah, I think that in that sense, that's kind of an un, you know, an unintended consequence of this transfer portal is. Yeah, if no one's going to play in the – I mean, it was already before transfers. People wouldn't play in bowl mm-hmm. games to try and hold their NFL stock. But now it feels like for – now you're just adding another reason to not play. It's not only let me hold my NFL stock. It's let me – I'm already planning to transfer. Let me not get hurt. Let mm-hmm. me – you know, let me, I, I already got this situated. I already know I'm leaving here. So what am I going to play this one game for? It's completely changed everything. And, yeah, I mean, it really does kill – the allure of, yeah, just tuning in casually for, you know, those New Year's Eve or New Year's Day bowl games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you did you guys not watch the playoff games, though? Do you guys oh, not watch more? Oh, I watched the playoff games. Okay. Playoff I watched the playoff games. Because okay, yeah. those the, are great. Yeah, course, those were yeah, great. Yeah. But the, the lesser ones, I would still watch yeah. in years past, yeah. and I just had no... Like, I would always just watch the Rose Bowl just because yeah. it's the Rose okay. Bowl, not right. because it's they've, part of the They've definitely the gotten me. I was not... I'm still not a big college guy, but the playoffs... You know, the, the past eight great. years have been sure. awesome, and I'm all for an expansion. I know a lot of people aren't, but yeah. I think I think 12 would be right. You got to get more teams. Yeah. No, awesome. I, I'm I'm definitely in for an expansion. And here's the thing, too, as everybody kind of complains about the Bulls, the way I see it is college football should be just thanking their lucky stars that they were able to sell and continue to be able to sell exhibition games that mean absolutely nothing and make millions of dollars off of them. In what other sport do you just have one final game that doesn't mean anything, but you're trying to excite either your team or a fan base to watch? Now, okay, a team, well, we haven't been to a bowl game in 20 years. That's all fine and good. But besides that, if I am even – my question is maybe some of these kids aren't even getting drafted. They might be saying, I'm opting out because I'm about to enter the transfer portal. And I don't want to mess that up too. I mean, these games mean absolutely nothing. They never have. So unless college football is going to start breaking these kids off, and I know somebody's going to type in right now saying, well, they're getting NIL. They're still not getting paid to play. And if you want to talk about, well, they're getting college tuition – you're not wrong, but that is that is about one sixteenth yeah. of what these schools are making. So I would I would make the argument and say once those kids step on the field for three four games, they've already paid back oh, their yeah. little fifty thousand dollar tuitions because these people are making millions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and they're yeah they're filling the state like they're All the reason them. why they're there. 
So yeah, like, and even even if they're opt-outs, you know, these fans that are real deal college fans, they're using it now to see, okay, I know it was a freshman quarterback for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see what our future looks like. Of course. So there always will be a selling point. But, yeah, the idea of, oh, we're I just think unless they're going to pay these kids, we have moved past, oh, man, this – I don't know why Meineke is just in my mind. The <laughs> the Meineke bowl. I know, this was like, the, how about the Pop-Tarts bowl? Yes, how about the, the Pop-Tarts Cheez-Its bowl? bowl. Yes, huh? the che- that was the best Cheez-It bowl I've ever watched. It was a duel of two guys going to the pros because those dudes are just not going to play. Yeah, no, I They're mean. They're not going to play. Yeah, it just, it doesn't, that that allure doesn't really exist anymore. And I don't I don't know how college football fixes it. Yeah, maybe maybe those bowls can, instead of, you know, just collecting all that money, maybe they do set, set aside a little stipend for the players mm. or for the winning team or or something like that, but to me, there's there's no way any of these kids are going to, especially because they are kids and they still yeah. haven't made it to the professional levels. They're always going to look out for themselves, and I don't blame them. No. Like they're just trying to get to the to the end goal, and that's to the NFL. And if they feel like not playing in this, like you said, this exhibition pointless game, mm-hmm. it's not going to do anything for them. Why? Why? What incentive do they have to play? There's really none. I mean, yeah, what incentive do we have besides just? you know, popularity or maybe upping your draft stock through getting an exciting matchup. But how are you going to get those two quarterbacks that aren't in the the college football playoff system? Mm-hmm. How are you going to get them to feel the importance of playing and showing off, you know, or having a show out game against each other? I don't, I don't know how you convince them to do it. No, I don't, I don't either. And we will get back into this around one o'clock, really do a deep dive because I do love college and college sports, but it just – I don't know if something's broken or if this is just a new frontier. Yeah. So I mean, and how much of this, to Nate's question also, how much of this changes or we just don't think about once they do expand the playoffs? Because exactly. if there is 12 teams right. in then a no conference. One, you don't need the Duke's Mayo Bowl. No, yeah. And no you can have it. No but one's going to sit out those games. It no, doesn't matter. Exactly. You know? <laughs> if people start doing that, then, then college we football got a story. is, is yeah. really in for it. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. We'll get back into it as we talk about the Kings and the lineup change. Now, we're going to do the <laughs> deepest yeah. of dives on this. But the Kings, they finally do it, okay? You go with Chris Duarte, and you're give – me, give me the rundown, Chris. You're, you're doing your thing. You're getting ready for your post game, which was outstanding as, as always. Well, you didn't do it against the Grizz, right. but you had it going against the Hawks. Yeah. So, you always have that. And we're back now. We're all fully back. Yep. So, you're sitting. You're chilling. Okay, I got the night off. I'm getting ready for my disco party. And the news breaks. <laughs> disco ball party. Disco ball party. Okay. We will there's get, a difference we will get... between disco party and okay. disco ball party. Well, you can okay. elaborate. there's a difference. We can elaborate after the break. You see the move. And what were your first thoughts? I mean, it was. Uh, it, I was surprised that it actually happened. Um, it, it obviously. Sh- I think you know Kevin Herter's play has has justified the move mm-hmm. itself, but whether or not it was actually going to get executed, I think was you know I, I didn't see any indication that it was going to happen. Um, so I was surprised by seeing it happen. I, I wasn't super surprised that it was Duarte. I know we've had the conversation of mm-hmm. is this the time to kind of you know put the your your own feelings aside, Mike Brown, and just put Malik into that starting lineup. Yeah. Wasn't surprised to see that it was Duarte, but uh, the actual execution of it I thought was was interesting. I think it's only fair to give Duarte you know four or five more games to kind of get into a rhythm with that mm-hmm. lineup, but didn't feel like he made that big of an impact, especially to start the actual game itself. But I think eventually he kind of found uh, a bit of a rhythm just in terms of playing more too. I mean, right. when you're in the starting lineup, you're probably going to get 24 minutes or so 
guaranteed. And so you just allow yourself to get into more of a rhythm. Duarte's been playing, you know, anywhere from one rotation of, you know, five minutes to, mm-hmm. you know, two or three of 15. But to actually get that full run, you can kind of see him get a little bit comfortable. And I don't know. I, I didn't hate it, but I, I don't think that, you know, we're we're leaving, you know, after New Year's and saying, wow, the Kings just they, – they the, that's a puzzle piece that just fit perfectly into place. And now right. the rest of the year we can rock with that. I think there's still uh, a bit more that I want to see to be fully convinced that, like, this is definitely the right move. I thought defensively it was good, though. And again – who is going to be in the lineup, in that starting lineup, that's going to allow these guys consistent yeah, play? that's the big one. That, that's why today I know there's a bunch of guys out, LaMelo, Gordon Hayward. I know they are guys out, but you rock and roll here, and dare I say you win tomorrow, okay, this is something that we maybe have – we've seen, but – not the same way. It's sure. been you play really good on New Year's, and I don't know that they would lose today, but they would definitely lose tomorrow. Right. That's that's what we've yeah, been the seeing. The letdown game is coming. The, the letdown if, game if, is coming. Yeah, if, if we're going to continue this path, exactly. And there was a texter on the line before the before the break, and again nine one six three three nine eleven forty. If you want to be a part of the conversation, shout out to the sack chat holding it down for the first show of twenty twenty four. And there was a texter I remember we went back and forth with because the texter said. Chris Duarte needs more minutes, and I don't think that, from what I had seen from Chris Duarte, I didn't really see this coming, yeah. and I know you said you're not necessarily positive that it's going to stay like this, but I do think that he brings something. I, I don't know if it's a matter of what Chris Duarte brings or what Kevin Herter wasn't bringing right right that, yeah, that so sure. that's what is going to sh- yeah reveal itself within these next couple games however long this whole thing lasts yeah. is it that Chris Duarte is the right piece or was it simply that Kevin Herter wasn't the right piece and right. we just need to figure out who that piece is if that piece is even on the roster at this point in time all right got to get to a break when we get back a little bit of Niners talk as they clinch the number one seed who can stand in their way? I'm not sure that there is a team. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sackdown Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. We will be joined by Chris Biederman at 11 as we are joined Every week, Candlestick Chronicles, Sacramento B talking Kings. He was with the Kings on their most recent road trip. So what? So he was in he was in Memphis. He was in Memphis. Oh yeah. For New Year's. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, I asked him about it before he made the trip and uh I mean he seemed mildly excited by yeah. it, but uh it was kind of tough because it was a what Five o'clock start here, seven o'clock start mm-hmm. in Memphis. He kind of got, I, I'm actually, we'll, we'll figure it out at 11, but yeah. sounded like he was going to end up cutting it close and probably end up partying downtown. I saw the Kings, uh, Kings ended up celebrating New Year's I on, saw the that on the plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So can only imagine uh, how Biederman spent his, uh, his New Year's. And I know, I know downtown Memphis, whatever oh, name that they have hopping, for it. Right? Well, I'm sure they really wanted that W. I'm sure it didn't stop them. Yeah. Oh, no. But no, no, I, no. I, I, it really felt like they took the air out of it. I mean, you can look at the faces on that Malik Aliyu. <laughs> so I mean, good. people were ready so good. to celebrate, beat the Kings, yeah. and then go out and it's party. It's jaw season. It's jaw season. <laughs> and, you know, another another matchup against a, an elite, elite 
point guard with De'Aaron Fox going up against John Morant, and and De'Aaron did his thing. You know yeah. what I mean? The whole team did their thing. You know, you look, John Morant only had 17. De'Aaron only had 24, but it was a blowout, yeah. so there was no need to go back and forth and, and try to stab pad. So good on De'Aaron for, for showing up. And, of course, Malik Crazy Monk start. with a bunch of – Family and friends in town. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Oh, I was trying to find this article yesterday, and I never ended up finding it, but uh, I do remember a good bit of it because I remember when I read it, I was just absolutely just floored by it. Apparently, there is like a, a dark underbelly of uh, athletes in general having to buy tickets for their family members when mm. they come to games. I guess every team is allotted, you know – three to five, whatever, I don't know, yeah. two to four tickets for, you know, any, you know, your parents are in town or right. whatever, you got a girl, Dude, whatever, whatever I was thinking is. about that watching the yeah. uh, Texas this weekend. Like, mm. the the quarterback's parents are, like, deep in the crowd, like, in the middle of nowhere. Like, how are they not hooked up for that bowl, like, on the biggest, second, you know, top yeah. three college game of the year? It doesn't so make sense. Allegedly, it is that, yeah, the team is only allowed a, or given a certain handful of tickets to be given out. However, staff, whatever, there's no special treatment for quarterbacks, anybody. Mm. And so what ends up happening is people end up having to just buy the seats at face value themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's like a whole, you know, Paul George goes back to L.A. and, you know, goes with the Clippers. Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden, every single game, he's buying $3,000 worth of tickets for 41 home games to mm-hmm. people who might not show up, might leave at halftime, might just be there to flex. He doesn't right. even really care about, right. you know, what. And so it, I heard Mark Jones on the broadcast say Malik had 40 family and friends there. And my first thought was this fool just spent like $5,000 on right, New Year's right. Day just to just, I mean, you know, of course, it's the only time his family can go see him, but. I just I cannot imagine, and nobody thinks about it either. Of course, yeah. nobody asks like, "Oh, how did Malik get these tickets?" It's always just, "Oh yeah, you're gonna get me tickets, right?" Mm-hmm. And, well, he's uh, getting yeah. paid in the off season, so he's good. Malik. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You yeah. can tell him that if Malik. you want. Well, <laughs> I think PG's okay too, but yeah, yeah. There's some, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the it's more the principle. It sucks. Yeah, yeah it's. Standard. I mean, it's just the, yeah. I mean, we we all we all work in radio. We're all pretty small potatoes in terms of us mm-hmm. versus Malik Monk. People ask us for things they really all, do. The yeah, all the time. All the time. Oh, you can just get us Kings tickets, right? And yeah. I'm like, no, no, I, I can't, can't even get Kings yeah. tickets. Right, right. <laughs> how, how do you propose I do that? Yeah. yeah. How, how do you propose I yeah. do that? We just you want you want to see courtside too? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Should we, should we're we're we do that? Yeah. You want a handshake with a Vec picture yeah. after the game? Yeah. Maybe. Me, me, I, you, I Aaron. Hook, we'll go yeah. to dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hook you up with a picture with drapes. Yeah, that's the kind of pull we got. Yeah, Jason Ross. Yeah, I can get you a handshake with Jay Ross. You know, Alan Styles. I know him. You can call him. We can call him. I don't know. Price tag going up in in 2024. You gotta start a cam. Dude. I, I might have to. Yeah. Last year's price is not this year's price. No, dude, you're a new man. There you go. You're a new man. And you know what? The price on Brock Purdy is also going to be different nice in about one. a little over a season. So got to end 2024, and then they can start contract extension talks. Right. And I can't wait for those conversations because that is where this whole idea of value and who's pulling who's pulling the truck and who's the trailer, right. right? In terms of this this Niners offense. That is where that is where this is going to get really interesting. But we don't have to worry about that now. Mm-mm. All we got to worry about is the Niners taking care of business because as of yesterday, yep. right? As of or maybe 2 days ago, the NFC <laughs> will run through Santa Clara. Yeah. And my goodness, Eagles, the last 3 games 
they've been in the lead. And it's funny to me that they're a complete disaster. Yeah, they're this a mess. Is new definition of fumbling the bag. This, this is it's so a much super worse. fumble because yeah. they're mad at everybody. <laughs> Sirianni is on the is on some type of hot seat. They're mad at the defense because the defense is trash. Yeah, they're mad at Jalen for not being able to score and keep up with the defense because the defense is trash. AJ Brown seems to have a couple issues yeah. going on right now. He can be a, a, a little bit excitable in sure. in certain situations. So I don't know. What is going to happen? I mean, I know what's going to happen with the Eagles. They're done. And I said this weeks ago mm-hmm. that they're you done. You did. And they're done, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well, let me ask you. Yeah. Now, a couple weeks later, yeah. do we still think or do you still think there could be something something hidden in there that they could unlock? Because Steichen, this is Steichen. Without yeah. him, they seen the offense hasn't looked good. That's the thing. Yeah. They never hit their stride, ever. Every game yeah. has been difficult. It's not great. Uh, it. I would say no. Um, I'm not saying that there's not maybe something mm-hmm. that can that can flip in the next couple of weeks, but I mean, you can't say yes on anything besides just blind faith. Like right. we asked Kyle Draper later today how he's feeling about his Eagles. Do you still feel confident? And he says yes. It's just faith. That's well, he's all he's gonna say yes. That's all he's got to go it's off of bit. because you right. can't, yeah you cannot <laughs> watch these games these pat like you cannot watch these. What has it been the last month, month yeah. and a week or so? And realistically say, no, we're still playing at a level that I think is is Super Bowl worthy. Oh, we just need to kind of get it straight. We need to tighten things up and we'll we'll get it this thing back on track. This is so far beyond that. There's so so many deep rooted issues. And it's not the problem is when the Eagles were winning, it's not even looked That's like right. it looked good. They haven't rolled once. No. I don't know if they've rolled all season. No, not they once. started off, didn't they start the season against the Patriots? And you're thinking, yes. okay, yes, they did. <laughs> they're in New England, it's Foxborough, okay. Then the next game, all right. Then they almost tricked one off to the Commanders early yep. on in the season. Yep. It just hasn't looked good. So bringing it back to the Niners and who out there can challenge the Niners in the NFC I'm still not impressed by the Cowboys. Nope. I know they run they won the fraud bowl, but then after they won the fraud bowl against the oh no, they lost the fraud bowl yeah, to the to Dolphins. The Dolphins, right. And who then just got boat raced. The Dolphins just got Sunday. destroyed. And then the if if Dan Campbell wasn't the worst gambler known to man, <laughs> the Lions could have won that game. So I'm I don't feel good if I'm a Cowboys fan, I, I feel nothing. Yeah. Even with Dak. Being in the MVP race, I don't feel like there is nothing that I've seen from the Cowboys yeah. to make me think that the Niners will not boat race them again. No, I or mean anybody in the NFC. I, I hate to say it, but like if you're a Cowboys fan, the thing that you're hoping for at this point is let's get to the conference championship and mm-hmm. let's frankly hope that the Niners get hurt in between. Yeah. And that's that's realistically like to me, that's the only hope that you have if you're another NFC team is that by the time the Niners get to the NFC championship game. Maybe they're beat up enough to where you can you can try and exploit something, but I, I don't see it. In the in the NFC, I just I don't see that top level of play it that that would beat the Niners. Like it's just not no. there. Like because you have to play, it's not just about getting, you know, the Niners on their back. You have to play a full four four quarters of a good game. And I just I can't see that happening against this Niner team right now. The Eagle because the Niners, they do have a a weak spot, right? And it's not just 
the secondary can be hot and cold, but really they struggle when teams run the football, yeah. right? Yeah, they've been missing and a lot of tackles. Recently. For some reason, and I know that the offense helps with this, but I don't know. Again, the Eagles, DeAndre Swift, he was on my fantasy team mm-hmm. when I was still playing. He's fallen off yeah, a cliff. Nothing. You have the Cowboys, who that used to be their mo. You decide to Pollard go with can't. Tony Pollard. He can't do anything. <laughs> no. So these these top. I guess you can look at the the Lions, and right. you got Montgomery, yeah. you got Gibbs, you got some guys. Sure. But the Lions can't but then you stop trust anything, Goff too. Right. right? You you're not you're not winning a shootout. So no, I, not, I do not no. see it in the NFC. But who knows? I'm even trying to think of any other teams that would even mess around and be close. But I, I don't see anybody. No. At least not in the NFC. And then obviously we know the Ravens who rolled against the Dolphins. They're they're cooking right now. And sure. Lamar seems to have wrapped up that MVP. I think it's huh? I think it's done now. Yeah. I think it's done now. All right, gotta get to a break. When we get back, breaking down the lineup change from the Kings. Did you like it? Did it make a difference to you? And let's get some calls going. 916-339-1140 on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. <laughs> Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. And you know, Chris, life is about changes. And you might think that something is fine the way it is. And maybe it is. But maybe things could be better. Always. And I think that's what Coach Mike Brown had in his mind when he decided to start Chris Duarte Mm. in place of Kevin Herter. And really be open enough with himself and be true to himself to experiment in a game that you really did need, right? And you almost lost to the Hawks. And we had you almost this, lost to Portland. You, well, you did lose to <laughs> Portland. Right, yeah, right. And we actually had this conversation as far as the Kevin Herter leash, right? For lack of a better term. And I know that there was the decision, or was it going to be, hey, if he can't ball out in this homecoming, that could be the line, or will he go ahead, will Coach Mike Brown go ahead and make the switch in the calendar year, which is really just one more game, and he decided, yeah, after that Atlanta situation, and Kevin Herter came out trying. Mm -hmm. I think that was the main thing, because sometimes we'll see if he doesn't get it going early, he just won't shoot the basketball, right? right? So he came out shooting and trying, and through all that, he was relegated to 10 minutes. Seven points in 10 minutes, three rebounds, one assist. And that was the writing on the wall. And, you know, for as much as I'm looking at this box score here, because we haven't had a chance to talk about it, you got Kevin Herter, seven points in 10 minutes, you got Harrison Barnes, zero rebounds, zero assists, Ooh. two points in 12 minutes. Okay. Okay. A so mini you go ahead and you, yeah, seriously, you go ahead and you decide to make this move for Kevin Herter because I do think that Harrison Barnes does more for you. And it wasn't just the initial move of Kevin Herter. 
what Coach Mike Brown was also doing, he was putting everybody on notice. Mm-hmm. And to say, hey, I got to practice what I preach. There can't be any egos here, right? Kevin Herter is only 25 years old. It's not like he's this 10-year right. vet, yep. right, who has earned all this cachet yeah. when we talk Clay about Thompson. Clay Thompson yep. and guys like that. Anybody could get it, too, if you're not producing. Mm-hmm. And you go out and you make this move to put everybody on notice. And every time Coach Mike Brown has done something like this, the reaction has been pretty darn good. Mm. Keon Ellis, right. right? And then you bring Davion Mitchell back in. So he's really good at understanding the pulse of his team. And now you see the Grizzlies and Harrison Barnes, 20 minutes, 11 points, two rebounds. So you're never, you're never going to see the peaks <laughs> right. and valleys from Harrison Barnes. But there was a little bit more juice there. And the old team had more juice. So yeah. I, I think that this move was much needed. So Kevin Herter in his first Appearance off the bench in 17 minutes had nine points. Okay, Mm -hmm. so look, I I think this thing, we've always had these discussions. Can this thing be fluid? And I think it could be. And I'm saying right now, they might not be done. Harrison, you know, you can play good in certain games. And I've stopped coming down Harrison's road because I think he does do a lot that doesn't show up in the box score. That's another overused sports term. But I do think it's true sometimes. But if you're not producing we just don't have time. Yeah, We don't have time to waste, and I've given everybody plenty of opportunities. Yeah, no, I mean, first and foremost, I would say Kevin's benching is definitely justified. I'm looking at some of the the numbers in December. Uh, 7.6 points per game. That's that's uh, uh, King's low since he's been uh, to Sacramento. That's the lowest that he's scored with you know more than four games of a sample size in a month. Shot 40% from the field, 31% from three this month in 13 games. That's, I mean, if I'm looking at last year's worst month from Kevin Herter, mm-hmm. it was February. He played 12 games, averaged 12 and a half points, shot 48% from the field, 29% from three. I mean, this is by far, this isn't just like a, a lull or, oh, Kevin Herter, he does this up and down. Right. This was a different kind of low. And then when you, you throw in the first, you know, the first three games of the season, he also struggled as well. So he's really only had 13 games or the month of November has really been uh, the only month in which he's consistently produced. And it, it, it to me feels justified like this Kings team. Yes, they're getting results, but it hasn't felt right. And I think I, I don't know. I think your question of is this about what what Duarte brings or what Kevin isn't bringing is definitely the one that the thing that's ringing through my head the most to me, it's, it's yes, Kevin is struggling, but you know, Duarte hasn't shot the lights out this year either. To me, it's just, if these guys are both going to be missing shots, at least Chris Duarte is incredibly physical on defense. And I think again, like maybe you can convince yourself with a little bit of momentum, with a little bit of rhythm, maybe Duarte's shot starts to fall. But I think to what you said earlier, like we've seen a big enough sample size here to just say, Kevin, you you got your shot. You you he got did. your chance, and we we just have to look somewhere else. And like you said, might not stop here either. I don't think it's going to stop here. And yeah, Duarte, as far as a pure shooter, of course I'm taking Kevin Herter. But Duarte can get to the line. Mm-hmm. Okay, he can he can create more. I've seen him create more. He just doesn't he likes to dribble. He likes right. to dribble. Yeah, yeah, Maybe a little bit. But too I mean, much. that leads to creation sometimes. Right. Uh, you you got to pick sometimes. one of the two. If you're just out there. And Kevin is just working really hard rebounding. That's not what we're paying you for, brother. Right. Everybody's got a rebound, but that's not what you're here to do. Yeah. At least Chris Duarte is at least doing more of what they expected from Chris Duarte. Right. Kevin Hurd yes. is doing from what they <laughs> expected go. from that's the Kevin Hurd. So sure. I, I think that I think that this move is as good as it's 
going to be right yeah, now. With the you, guys who are on the yeah, run, you go they out. Make the Malik move, but I don't think they're going to make the Malik no, move. No, no, I don't. I don't think you can. Yeah. I think you go out. They take care of business. They get their first back to back. They'll ride this thing for a while. Mm-hmm. But I do think that I think what's tough about the. Kevin Herter benching is the whole working his way back, right? Sure. Because Kevin Herter, we've we've gone back and forth about how he needs to get going. He's not just going to create in that way. So now that he's not going to have that opportunity, right. this is not the same as oh well, Keon is first is is backup point guard instead of Davion. You can work your way back because the skill sets are similar, but Davion knew, okay, there could be a path here. This is a two-way guy, whatever it is. And you're just talking about a backup. So a lot of things can just change throughout the course. And Davion has had a couple nice games here too. But when you just lose your starting spot straight up and what that person is giving to the team is something that you can't, you can't right now. If that person is able to knock down some shots and to do some things offensively, I'm sorry, I don't know Kevin. How he gets back, yeah. You know, and look, I'm not trying to. I'm here on Kevin's basketball reference. Okay, for his career, he's averaged 12 points a game, 3.5 total rebounds, and three assists, shooting 44 percent and 38 percent from three. He was 2018, 2019 All Rookie. What did you say? He makes about 17 mil, something like that a yeah, year. Yeah, 15. So I, I mean, ultimately, he's only 25 years old. He just hasn't done enough. For somebody for the leash that I think, I think this was a perfect amount. Yes, I think this was. Yeah, hey, he was given ample opportunity to figure it. Right, out. we we're not going to give you the whole season. Yeah, you haven't done enough to earn the whole season. They don't even want to give Clay the whole season. Right, they don't want to give half of these guys the whole season. Yeah, so I think that you know Kevin can either let this take him down or find a way to kind of fight through. Yeah. But I think that Coach Mike Brown has to be true to himself and be true to this team. And the other thing I would say is, okay, we've made this change. We continue to win. Harrison Barnes, don't be a black eye. Mm -hmm. Don't be a black eye out there because there are some people that are already calling for Trey Lyles too. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I I think that the only way Kevin can get back into the starting lineup is, I mean, not only would he have to shoot well because First, if Kevin starts playing well off the bench, you have to then wonder. To me, my first thought would not be, okay, let's put him back into the mm-hmm. lineup. It's, okay, maybe he's more comfortable coming off right. the bench. It's It would take Kevin shooting well and Duarte continuing to struggle. Because yeah. if Kevin's just going to shoot well, but Duarte also picks up his game, well, that feels like you made a move that made both players a little bit more additive. And mm-hmm. why would you switch that up and go back to the thing that kind of messed them both up? It would take Kevin Herter ref- returning back to form, and mm-hmm. at this point, that's like him going in fuego. He's got to shoot like 45 50% from three yeah. uh, after this move, and Duarte's just going to have to continue to struggle, in my opinion, for him to give up that spot. I don't think that you want – if you're Mike Brown, I think you want to set the precedent of, if I'm making these moves, it's a statement. It's mm-hmm. not just a – oh, here you go, like, here's a slap on the wrist. I benched yeah. you for a game, and, you know, you, you can come back in in three or four games. Yeah. It needs to be a, no, I made this move. This is just how things are now, and you're going to have to slowly earn your way back in. So I, I think Duarte's probably, if I had to guess, he's probably going to, again, have it for the next four or five games. And if he 
actively plays bad, I would assume that's when they reconsider. But if he starts to pick up his game and even just have moments, I don't even mm-hmm. think it's about him averaging 10 points a game and, you know, getting assists. And mm-hmm. I, I to me, it's just if he can have moments where he's out there being a dog defensively, because something else I noticed uh, to start that game, you probably would have thought either Keegan or De'Aaron's going to start on Ja. Mm-hmm. With Duarte starting, they were never going to put Kevin Herter on Ja Morant right. to start that game. It allows you to give those two guys who are incredibly important on offense, you let them kind of ease into yeah. the game offensively as well. So I think that there's a lot of benefits that that starting Duarte brings that, again, you, you, when, you, when you compare it with what Kevin does, if they're both not hitting shots – Kevin's just never going to bring that super physical level of defense like like Duarte brings. It's the same. It's the same conversation between Keon and Davion because yeah. Keon was more or is more versatile d- defensively. Yeah. So if neither of you are going to hit shots, we totally. got to go with Keon. It's, yeah. the, it's the same idea. And then Keon started hitting a couple shots, and then it was okay. Well, now it's go time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Davion, and Davion eventually you know is continuing to try to find his way yeah. back. But that's just that's just how it goes sometimes. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back. It almost got real dark. It almost got real dark in Hotlanta when the Kings were down and it was looking like this could be a complete mess. But there was a halftime discussion and they turned everything around. We have that audio for you. We will get into it and their reactions and how they reacted after having the conversation going on to win that basketball game. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports taking you up to 2 p.m. A lot of Kings talk getting you ready for Kings Hornets tonight. No LaMelo, no Gordon Hayward, no problem? Hopefully. Hopefully not. Hopefully, because what was it that Dave was saying? That the they've they've lost eleven straight oh, Hornets yeah. have. So this is a mini Pistons yeah. situation. Nobody wants to be For first. Sure. By the way, shout out Pistons. Shout out, I guess. Getting it done. So now Thanks, I, there were a lot of Kings fans worried about having to play the Pistons. Not just I think a lot of teams were worried about having to play the Pistons if they were still on their losing streak. Bagley and, was gonna come out and kill the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. That would have sucked. That Is he even getting really a run? Sucked. Do we have um, a Bagley update? Not really. I saw he got dunked on the other day. Um, Poor guy. But I don't believe he's uh, he's part of the rotation. They've been giving James Wiseman uh, a lot of those minutes for some reason. And by the way, James Wiseman, I saw a clip. Yeah. Did you see this? Jeff no. Green. No. Jeff Green. Uh-huh. Uncle, Uncle Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Blew by James oh Wiseman and dunked on the baseline. <laughs> It was so That's bad. Insane. So bad. Do you think Monty Williams is out after this year? No, I don't think they can't. They cashed yeah. him out. They cashed yeah. him out. It's insane. Isn't he the second highest paid coach or he, something? Yeah, he's or the like second third? highest now. Uh, when they signed him to the deal, he was the highest, and then uh, the Spurs upped Popovich's money, which, okay, that's not looking too great either, by the way. By the way, yes, you have the Kings play the Pistons in Detroit. 
January 9th. So that's a 4 o'clock game, another Mm. early one for the early birds out there that enjoy those games. But tonight you have the Charlotte Hornets coming to Golden 1 and hopefully coming to take an L as they take on the Sacramento Kings. And the Kings won a couple straight after that debacle against Portland and it almost got real dark, man. I was I was actually listening to the second half of the game, driving around and and listening right here on these airwaves. And I'm thinking, what the heck is going on, dude? Yeah. What is going on? And we got the story from Malik Monk in the postgame that there was maybe not as much of a players-only meeting or players meeting as some other media outlets have tried to make it seem like. But basically that accountability that Coach Mike Brown has been talking about, it happened. And they basically just said, we can't keep doing this. Here's Malik Monk. Play harder. <laughs> That's it. Play harder, man, because um, every time we go down like that, we just being lazy, um, going through the motions, um, letting them do whatever they want to. And uh, we came in at halftime. We was talking, um, said we got to hit them in the mouth first, um, and they going to let us back in it, and that's what happened. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, and I'm I'm reading here uh on NBC Sports it says Malik also later in the in that press conference uh, acknowledged that the Kings talked way more at halftime of Friday's game than they normally do uh attributing the chatter to the 25 point second half turnaround. So, I mean, that's that's we've talked a lot especially last week about uh talked you know, more in game. Yes, that's what he uh, – no, it says talk more at halftime specifically, okay. which I would have liked to see the in-game part as well. Right, you know, right, as they right. say, defense is a lot uh, about communication as well. Um, I, I th- It's a baby step, though. It's a baby step towards getting more, uh, you know, more communication on the floor. Uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know, uh, you know, how much of this actually was a – players led halftime and how much of it was just you know guys sitting next to each other in the locker room you know just talking game and how much yeah. of it was like an actual hey guy like, like you a know mo- movie, like a movie yeah guys i got this yeah. okay Harrison we getting, we getting beat out there yeah. man we better than this come on come on you look yourself you look your brother in the eye right now all that, all that. i would have to lose yeah. to the to, to the atlanta hawks hmm? really hmm? Hmm? i know you got more dog than that kevin i know you got more dog than that I got, well, maybe not you, but you got more dog than that. Is that Davion? I didn't say. I wasn't saying a name there. Also, speaking of dogs and Atlanta, you called Trey Lyles. I did call Trey Lyles. You called Trey Lyles. I did call Trey Lyles. He probably would have lit the beam if that was in sack. Yeah. Probably would have. Trey Lyles, I mean, I also said when we did the round table, I said he had no bag. Yes, you did. No, but what I meant by that was creation. Okay. He's not going to create. That's a bag to me. Okay. A bag to me is the ability to create your own shot and a bag of moves. Okay. So he does or doesn't have. He doesn't to he, me. You can be a shooter. Okay. You can be a shooter and not have a bag. Who's a shooter like what Kyle Korver can't create his own exactly. shots? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I would so say. So he was always just found, you know, spot guy. That's what like I would JJ say. Like JJ Reddick. Yeah. Those, okay. What you don't agree, Chris? No, I mean, bag to me is just what's in your bag. Like, mm-hmm. it's just anybody can have – like, people say Giannis doesn't have a bag. And I'm like, well, I mean – It's super vague. Dude just had 30 points, 18 rebounds, right. and 12 assists. Like, I th- I think he, he's got a he's got a bag. He's got some things he could do. Whether or not it looks like Kyrie Irving or not, like, I, I you know, there's only right. a handful of people. So, in my humble opinion, a bag is just what you bring to the table. So, Trey's bag is – you know he's he's a good rebounder. Mm-hmm. He's physical. He can shoot the three. He can put it on the deck and right. pump fake. And he's got that in his bag. 
But yeah, I mean, does he have a bag of tricks? I would say no. That, that And that is basically the difference in the definition. Sure. Because if you're watching and you hear our guy, Mark Jones, as soon as somebody <laughs> starts breaking it down, he says, so-and-so trying to get into yeah. his bag, right? Yeah. That's what he'll say. It's in like, his okay. bag like TSA. Right, right. He is clean like hand sanitizer. Yeah. I heard that one. Fish over. grease. Oh Hotter, Hotter than, than fish, fish grease. grease. That's the classic. That's the classic one. right now. And hopefully... We're, we're coming up with a bunch of new ones when we watch the game tonight as the Kings take on the Hornets. I mean, I, I don't think it's a trap game because I, I don't, don't even want to use that term. It's just go out there and take care of business. Nate told me in the pregame, I don't know where it's still sitting at right now, the Kings are 15 and a half point favorites. I even saw 16. What? 15 yeah. and a half. As I don't high like as that. 16. In, yeah, that's what either. we were saying. Like but injuries, injuries are rampant. Like yes. Lamelo's not playing. Gordon Hayward's not playing. Out. Uh, Terry Rozier is probably not going to play. Okay, that's yeah. I'm seeing 16 on Bleacher Report right now. I mean, I, that, yeah, I, and plus 980 or something. That's not. I mean, yeah, you can't plus 870. Now. You cannot lose that game. I mean, forget <laughs> forget the spread. Like I don't. I've right, even when I do game. go to Vegas, I'm not a big spread guy. I don't mm. think anyone has the power to try and predict, you know, the exact scoreline of a game, but. You know, it's just get the result, man. Like, of course, it, if if it's not going to look pretty, you you better still at least win. Like, I can live with the Kings. An eight-point win, right? Yeah. I like, mean, you're stoked on that. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, this is a team that at home made it close-ish, I guess you could Like, the mm-hmm. Wizards game was – it was – it wasn't ever in doubt, I would say, but it wasn't super comfortable. It wasn't a 25-point game for they, the towards majority. Towards the end, they were a shot away. Yeah, exactly. The were. Like, I, I, I don't think that the Kings should be 16-point favorites realistically against anybody with how we've seen. Now, granted, the losses have been almost against a very particular, you know, grouping of, mm-hmm. of, of players and, and archetypes, but... It just feels like this Kings team shouldn't – you shouldn't give them the benefit of the doubt, especially not 16 points. Uh, I don't care if it's the worst team in the NBA. That's no. Seems, that seems excessive. No, and the reason you want to go out and take care of business, I'm going to keep saying it until they actually get it done, is because, yeah, it would be really nice to come out, play hard. You don't have to play the fourth quarter yeah. going into a tough matchup tomorrow night against the Magic. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I mean, we've seen that – that might not matter for this team specifically well, because not, right? they just nothing can make sense. But yeah. ideally, yeah, absolutely. Like you want to have as as fresh as guys as possible, and you know it's almost a perfect opportunity if you're playing one of the worst teams in the NBA, followed by one of the best upstart teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You should probably try and take care of business as soon as possible. And uh, yeah, I mean, though the Magic, Jason was telling us on the way out, the Magic are playing in Golden State tonight, so they themselves are going to be on the second night of a back-to-back. Even better. Even better, but even more reason to yeah. take advantage of the opportunity at yeah. hand. Uh, the Kings are four. We talked about the the back-to-back record the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, our guy Brendan Nunes uh, pointed out a lot last week, Kings are 4-0 and to start this year on the first game mm. of a back-to-back, however. So that, that's not something that's been talked about a lot. I don't hear that a lot. So the Kings have actually, funny enough, taken care of business on the front end. You just hope you got you got to keep that level of focus because uh, I'm. It, it'll be nice if the Kings win against Orlando tomorrow, of course. But if they lose tonight first, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of no. the, oh, they're bad on the second night of back-to-backs. If you don't win the no, you first gotta get one, two. yeah, you got the point is to win both of them. Yes, you got to get two. Nate's got a stat for us. What you got? Yeah, Nate? so would you guys like to guess the Orlando Magic's record of uh, back-to-backs? They have had six six games with no rest this season. So Let's see. presumably that's Dang, back-to-back. Dang, they've had six already? Yeah. Um, 
Well, what they have a similar record to the Kings, I think, don't they? They're like eighteen and twelve or something like that. I'm going to say they're big. two and four. Chris, uh, I'm going to say the Orlando Magic. I mean, I'm going to say they've done well this year because I don't think you can get off to the start they had without starting off pretty well. I'm looking at the Magic's record; it's nineteen and thirteen, so they have uh, one more loss than the Kings. I'll say they're five and one on second nights of back to back this year. Allen's right on it, two and four. Wow! So they've had six already. So. That's the thing. A lot of these wow. teams yeah. aren't good. No, at no, back, no. but you, you got to win some. Yeah, you got to win some. All right, <laughs> right? got to get yes. a break. Got to get to a break because here's the first one. You have this back to back with the Hornets and Magic at home, which hey, it's a good opportunity. Yep. Then your next back to back on January 9th and 10th oh, no. at Pistons. At Hornets, oh, you got to get one of these bad boys. How about both of them? How about both? How about both? All right, got to get to a wow. break. When we get back, Chris Biederman joins us, and we will have a conversation about the Kings, that talk in Atlanta as Chris was with the Kings on this road trip, and the Niners as they get ready to prepare for the playoffs. Sals and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.